So I was uh, in a crowded room in an old church uh, with lots of conversations just bouncing off the walls, and, and a woman asked me a question. Uh, honestly, I couldn't really hear what she asked me. And so I did what any normal person would do. I tried to answer the question that I didn't hear. So I said, well, uh, it's sort of complicated. <laughs> because if you think about it, trying to answer a question that you don't know uh, or you didn't hear is it's quite complicated. <laughs> uh, but my friend was standing with us, and he heard the question, and he heard what I had said quite clearly, so he gave me a strange look and he said, really? Tim, it's, it's not that complicated. We're from the United States. <laughs> so this was a study abroad program when I was at university in London, and, and there were a lot of international students that were, that were in this uh, particular gathering, and this woman was also from the United States, which is sort of funny because only Americans don't already know who the Americans are and how much we tend to stick out overseas. For example, we are usually the ones who talk louder than everybody else, and we're also the ones making small talk with strangers, asking questions like, where are you from, and what do you do for a living? Which is why I probably didn't hear the question in the first place because there are a lot of Americans at this particular gathering, which is why it was probably so loud. Either way, these days it seems like even in quiet places, it's harder and harder for us to hear one another or to listen to one another. And, you know, I just saw somebody who's not from the United States when I talked about Americans uh, nodding their head very vigorously about the things that make Americans stand out. Um, so it's hard for us to listen to one another, uh, one way or another, whether it's loud or whether it's quiet. And, and then when it comes to faith and religion, we're constantly, at least I'm constantly struggling with the, this, the question of how, well, how are we supposed to hear God? How are we supposed to listen to God? And, and this is not actually a new problem or even an unusual problem because we see this even in the Bible. For example, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, we are told that the word of the Lord, or God speaking, was rare in those days. Maybe it feels like that today. Well, this young boy, Samuel, was serving in the temple in Jerusalem with an old priest named Eli. So it was nighttime, and Eli was in his room while Samuel was in the temple. And so then in verse 4, so 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 4, Then the Lord said, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So he went and, and lay down in, in the temple, presumably, and the Lord called again Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. 
Then, finally, after three times, Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and if he calls you, you should say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So one of the, the challenges of, of hearing the voice of God, at least in more modern times it seems, is what, what I would call like the Starbucksification of prayer or the Starbucksification of religion um, or maybe even the McDonald'sification, wh- whichever you prefer, I guess. Uh, because if you go to any Starbucks or if you go to any McDonald's anywhere in the world for the most part, you will basically find the same thing anywhere. The, the environment will be the same. The employees will all act basically the same uh, following certain sort of corporate, plan, uh, corporate rules or a, or a corporate plan. And most importantly, the food or the bever- beverage will be consistent no matter where you are, which is sort of w- one of the points of a franchise. So one size fits all. One size fits all is the basic philosophy. And it's, it's not uncommon for us to want to apply this one size fits all philosophy to faith and to prayer and, and churches. Churches do the, do the same thing. So when it comes to prayer, get up early in the morning, read the Bible, close your eyes, fold your hands, and then go through a list of things you want to say to God, amen. I don't know if this has been your experience, but this is most of, of my experience uh, of Christianity. Now, th- there isn't something necessarily wrong with this type of prayer. Uh, it's worked for, for many people um, in many situations for a really, really long time. But this one type of prayer may not be for all people, or it may not be for all seasons of life. The problem with one size fits all is that it tends not to be very personal to who we are as individuals. So notice how God speaks in our story today. He says, Samuel, Samuel. God is speaking to a specific person in a specific time in a specific place, a unique person in a unique time and in a unique place. So if God is speaking, then God is speaking in a very personal way to each of us. Tim, where are you from? Well, God, it's sort of complicated. No, no, really, where are you from? Like, what is your history? What is your story? How does our life reveal the unique ways that God might be speaking to us or through us? We are not a franchise. We're not all the same, and therefore we shouldn't experience God in all of the same ways or the consistent ways that we often are taught. I've discovered in the last five years that I have ADHD. Uh, I know a lot of people have that, which is, in my experience, both a superpower and a liability. So what this looks like for me is that my brain is almost always in hyperdrive making observations, taking in information, asking questions, seeing things from different angles, making connections to other ideas, other images, or other experiences, which helps me at times to be creative and thoughtful and and, and compassionate, to be able to see things from many different angles. But 
this can also make me exhausted and distracted and overwhelmed. So as a Christian, almost my entire life, I was told by pastors and teachers and other Christians that prayer required more. More words, more time, and more faith. And usually it was like also less movement, which, which for someone with ADHD is like really, really difficult. So get up earlier, pray for more people, do it more often, and God will answer. That, that's the formula. So I did all of these things, and, and yes, uh, there were many, many moments of feeling connected to God. But eventually I started to realize that all of the words and the amount of time and the sitting still started to feel like it was adding noise to all of the noise that was already there in my mind. Prayer made me feel, or at least began to make me feel more anxious and less connected to God, which is sort of the opposite of what it's supposed to do. Then one day a friend said to me, Tim, do you know why all of the books about prayer tell us to get up early in the morning to pray? I, I don't know. I mean, I just assumed that's what you were supposed to do. And, and my friend said, it's because only the people who have time to write books about prayer are morning people. <laughs> like they get up early and so apparently they have more time to write books about prayer. So, um, so let me just point out from this story and for all of us or all of you who are night owls, um, I guess that's probably for most of you who are online because 10 o'clock in the morning is like too early to actually get out of bed. Um, let me point out for you that Samuel heard God speaking at night, not just early in the morning. So after I was told this by a friend of mine, I started to discover that I had been experiencing like one small slice of Christianity for almost my entire life, as if it was the only experience of Christianity. People of faith, both Christian and not Christian throughout the centuries, have all kinds of ways of praying and connecting to God. Some of those involve moving our bodies rather than sitting still in one place. Some of them involve fewer words rather than more words. This is actually why here in our services, um, after you've listened to all of my words, all of the words that I have to say out loud, usually we have a musical meditation that is just instrumental without words. It just so happens that today that's not the case, but that's totally okay. Like it's this reflective time for us to, to, to not be using our brains, to not be taking in information, but to feel and experience something beautiful through music. Because when it comes to faith and prayer, we all need different ways of connecting to God. I mean, even within each person, we need different ways of connecting with God. So I find, personally, that the physical movement of exercise, or particularly for me riding a bike, it actually allows my brain to slow down just a little bit, which helps me to then sort through my thoughts a little bit better and to, and to listen. And sometimes I find myself praying while riding my bike. And when I do that, it doesn't feel noisy, and it doesn't feel overwhelming. It's just a very different experience of prayer. So, how do you naturally feel more connected to who you are? 
Maybe we just start there. Or how do you feel more naturally connected to other people? Like what are the things that work for you and feel most natural for you? That might actually be a really good place for us to start when we consider how we might naturally be connected to God or feel connected to God. Is it through stillness or movement? Is it through conversation or silence? Is it alone or is it one-on-one or with just a few people or is it with a larger group of people? Is it intellectual? Is it intuitive? Is it physical? There's all kinds of ways for us to be connected to ourselves and to one another. So, you are not a franchise. You're not a franchise. Like, we are all unique, which means that faith and prayer doesn't always have to be so difficult. Faith and prayer doesn't have to be disconnected from our natural ways of being in the world, our natural ways of interacting with ourselves or with one another or with, with nature. It doesn't have to be that difficult. So how do you most naturally connect to God? That, whatever that is, can be a spiritual practice. It can be an example of prayer for you. So that's more than enough words for for all of us, but next week I just want to say that we're going to look at this story again and consider how faith and prayer should be more difficult (laughs) than it sometimes is. So if you didn't like this sermon, come back next week because it's the complete opposite of what I just said today. Uh, Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we pray that you would draw near to each of us. We pray that you would draw near to us uniquely and personally. Amen.